Tired of being baffled by healthcare policy? McGuire Woods Consulting presents Complications, Health Policy Unraveled, your solution to the policy puzzle. With our host, Stephanie Kennan, discover the ins and outs of healthcare policy and gain insights crucial for providers and investors. Let's simplify the complex together. Hello, I'm Stephanie Kennan, and I'm with McGuire Woods Consulting. This podcast is an update concerning the No Surprises Act. In December 2020, Congress passed legislation to protect patients from excessive surprise medical bills. The law, commonly referred to as the No Surprises Act, or the NSA, partially went into effect in the beginning of 2022 for those in individual and group health plans. But it has had some difficulties in the implementation process, and those difficulties are raising issues. The law addressed surprise bills for medical care in any of the following three circumstances. An enrollee receives emergency care at an out-of-network facility or from an out-of-network provider. An enrollee requires emergency air ambulance transportation, but not ground ambulance services. An enrollee receives selective non-emergency care at an in-network facility, but is inadvertently treated by an out-of-network healthcare provider. As soon as the regulations were proposed by the administration, the House Ways and Means Committee, then led by Representative Richie Neal of Massachusetts, objected to what the Ways and Means Committee perceived as their part of the bill being left out of the regulations. Certain provisions were also implemented in a manner that seems inconsistent with the legislative language. The discrepancy has led to critical comments, complaints, and even lawsuits from stakeholders. And the federal entities tasked with implementing the laws have also missed key rulemaking deadlines that have led to inconsistent application of the statute. Court rulings also have hampered implementation. For example, February 23, 2022, a federal judge in Texas ruled that the No Surprises Act arbitration process implemented by HHS violated the Administrative Procedures Act, and that delivered a win to the Texas Medical Association. The judge said that the rule places its thumb on the scale for the qualifying payment amount, which is part of the formula to determine what will be paid. In August of 1922, HHS and the Labor Department issued final rules for the act. Shortly thereafter, in September, the Texas Medical Association filed a second lawsuit challenging the No Surprises Act, arguing the final rule unfairly advantaged health insurers by requiring arbitrators to give outsized weight or consideration to the qualifying payment amount. On November 30th of 2022, the Texas Medical Association filed its third lawsuit against the No Surprises Act, arguing that portions of the rule artificially deflate the qualifying payment amount. And then in 2023, the Texas Medical Association filed a fourth lawsuit, this time challenging a 600% hike in the administrative fees when seeking dispute resolutions. In February of this year, the judge ruled in favor of the Texas Medical Association in its second lawsuit. He ruled that the revised arbitration process continued to place a thumb on the scale in favor of insurers and that the challenged proportions of the final rule were unlawful and must be set aside. CMS instructed certified independent dispute resolution entities to hold all payment determinations under the No Surprises Act until HHS and the Treasury Department could issue further guidance following the judge's decision. In February 27th of 2023, CMS decided that certified independent dispute resolution entities could resume issuing No Surprise Act payment determinations involving out-of-network services and items furnished before October 25th of 2022. In April of 2023, 
a report issued by the Urban Institute of the Georgetown University Center on Health Insurance Reforms found that the No Surprises Act was largely protecting patients from the most pervasive forms of surprise billing, but the gaps that remained have left some unexpected financial liabilities. That was probably the only nice thing that's been said about the act since it was implemented. In August of 2023, the judge in Texas also ruled in favor of the Texas Medical Association in its fourth and last lawsuit. He found the federal agencies did not follow notice and comment requirements when hiking administrative fees. He also invalidated certain rules narrowing batching claims for arbitrations. HHS said it was temporarily suspending the process by which arbitration was done, including the ability to initiate new disputes until the federal agencies could provide additional instructions. In August of 2023, CMS lowered the independent dispute resolution fee to $50 following the government's court case loss. On September 21st, they issued new guidance. That also happened to be the same day as a hearing at the House Ways and Means Committee, which is now led by Representative Jason Smith of Missouri. And that hearing was designed to examine the effect of the No Surprises Act on providers. At the hearing, a number of issues were raised provided examples of how implementation of the law had impacted small medical practices. One witness, an emergency physician, said soon after the act became law, his practice and others in the area received a letter from one insurer demanding significant cuts to contracted rates. If they refused, the insurer threatened to force the practices out of network. In addition, another problem discussed is that small practices believe the core of the problem is the mechanism for resolving payment issues between the practices and insurers, the independent dispute resolution, IDR process. It is virtually inaccessible for small practices. To quote one of the witnesses, we cannot afford to challenge every underpayment when the non-refundable portion of the arbitration fee is $50, the witness said. In addition, lack of enforcement means an adjudicated decision in favor of the provider is no guarantee of payment from the insurer. In August, CMS paused the IDR process after certain elements of the regulation were determined to be unlawful, but they have permitted certain things to go ahead. Asked what will happen when the portal for disputes reopens, James Boback, a witness before the committee and president of the Federal Hearings and Appeals Services, said that company staff is standing already for an unexpected tsunami of cases and that the group has invested in its case management systems to help streamline processes. Committee members disagreed over whether ground ambulances should be included in the legislation. Representative Carol Miller from West Virginia argued that ground ambulances in her state are often operated by small companies that have few resources and struggle to keep their doors open. Some insurance plans, she said, are currently attempting to force these companies into the expensive and time-consuming IDR process, even though they were exempt from the law. However, Representative Susan Delbeni of Washington countered with the exclusion of ground ambulances from the law represents a gap in consumer protections. In Washington, she said the vast majority of surprise bills are tied to ground ambulances, and she cited the work of the Washington State Office Insurance Commissioner. CMS has instructed certified independent dispute resolution entities to resume processing single and bundled disputes submitted on August 3rd or earlier. Those after the cutoff will have to wait for future guidance from the agency. For disputes initiated prior to the Texas Medical Association's third case, the August 3 order, disputing parties have already supplied a QPA, a qualified payment amount, and certified IDR entities should continue to consider the supplied QPA, among other factors, and additional information in light of the TMA third case order when selecting between the offers made by disputing parties to determine which offer is best. 
and represents the value of the items or services at issue. That is what CMS wrote on September 21st. On September 21st and additionally, Reuters reported that the large organization that provided outsourced emergency room services to 150 U.S. hospitals said that the ban on so-called surprise medical bills hastens the company's descent into bankruptcy. And while most members continue to support the No Surprises Act, it is clear the Ways and Means Committee is laying the groundwork to revisit how the law actually works in practice. That wraps up this episode of Complications, Health Policy Unraveled, presented by McGuire Woods Consulting. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the healthcare policy issues we discussed today. Follow us in your favorite podcast app and never miss a healthcare update by subscribing to host and J.D. Supra's number one healthcare author, Stephanie Kennan's Washington Healthcare Update at mwcllc.com. And if you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your colleagues and leave us a review. We always appreciate your feedback. To continue the conversation, send us an email at healthpolicy at mwcllc.com.